Um, and yeah, it's such a great, I know I feel like, you know, both of us as martial artists, like it's such a great teacher of how to handle these kind of scenarios. Cause it's like throwing yourself into stressful scenarios mm -hmm. where you have somebody to watch over, like your instructor is there, you have training partners that you trust. And sure, there's always like those people every once in a while who go too far, but you know, they're few, they don't really last too long in martial arts, right? Three, two, one. Hey guys, welcome back to The Way Podcast with your host, Sajim Roar. Today we have a very special guest, an old training partner of mine, a previous instructor of mine, um, someone I know from my training back in Muay Thai at Brampton Muay Thai. And yeah, we're joined today by Crew, uh, crew Cat. And yeah, you know, I don't know how, how else to, I, I don't even know your full name actually. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I just know you're Crew Cat now. Yeah. Um, but That's yeah. usually the case. Yeah. yeah, like I didn't know Crew, I didn't know it was Crew Nick after, like, because I knew him as a kid, like I was like 11 years yeah. old. So I just called him Crew the entire time. I didn't even know his first name was Nick. Yeah. That's funny. Let alone his last name, but yeah, no, <laughs> but, that's uh, cool. Yeah. It's yeah, like it's... it's like figuring out your parents have names other than mom and dad, you know, or jobs. Yeah, right? like you're just here to provide for me, and okay, no big deal. It's like, what, what do you actually job? do? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's uh, Crew Cat Velasquez. Crew yeah. Cat Velasquez. Yeah, all right. For sure, that's me. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna. But. Yeah. Um, why don't you just give a basic introduction yourself to people who don't know who you are? Yeah. I, um, okay. Hi, everybody. My name is Kukad Velasquez. Let's go back to square one. I am currently the owner, founder, and head instructor of Queen's Muay Thai. It's a Brampton-based Muay Thai school for women and girls. So it's a women's only, female-only Muay Thai school. And um, as... Sajan mentioned, I used to be his training partner. We were classmates for, for a time at Brampton Muay Thai. And uh, we, I've been training uh, in Muay Thai for over seven years, and I've only started teaching in the last two to three years. Um, not including COVID, let's not call it that. <laughs> so I would say 2019. And then when the reopening happened, a little bit of 2021 and some of 2022 and back here again at 2023. So, yeah, there's that uh, three year um, teaching and um, school opening period. OK, and I am um, I am currently working on just improving my school and growing my school. This is my full time career as a business owner and head instructor. And my focus is just making Muay Thai accessible to women and girls, at least here in Brampton for now. Mm -hmm. Hopefully um, this can expand into something beyond the city, even beyond the country or around yeah. the world as well. I'm really hoping that martial arts becomes something that girls and women can have in their lives to empower them physically and emotionally and um, psychologically as well so that's where i'm at that's crew cat <laughs> awesome yeah i'm just writing something down i want to ask you yeah. about later but for sure notes i i do notes too but i'm a little <laughs> nervous so i don't i, I can't i can't no write. no don't worry about <laughs> it it's just it's just a conversation between you know yeah. between martial artists right between yeah. people 
but yeah um i know crew cat from and the first time i met you i think you were puchoy how long ago where did you become a puchoy for those who don't know puchoy is an assistant uh, instructor uh, in muay thai but how long ago was that oh my gosh um i think i became a puchoy around 2018 in 2018 mm. yeah yeah so that's almost five years holy crap dude yeah <laughs> almost five that's five years yeah. ago yeah yeah because i'm like oh yeah that seems so recent but then i realized mm -hmm. like i was like 15 years old but yeah because i remember before that like you would come instruct our teen and youth classes every once in a mm -hmm. while um yeah. and i think around that time was when i started sparring with the adults like coming to private sessions like when i was around 14 and um that's when i started to take it really serious um and yeah i just remember you mess like screwing me up it's boring <laughs> are you kidding me you would no. mess me up you've got no, no, no. very precise timing and uh i respected that I, I think I, now, I try but... to take it from you <laughs> <laughs> i like to take what you've been giving me to others i like to share it <laughs> uh, it's a give and take with everyone right like exactly. you learn so much from uh, yeah. other people especially through martial art um and I feel like for martial art, it's like, I mean, the whole learning by doing is a concept that you can apply to everything. But I feel mm -hmm. like martial art, especially for combat sports, is yeah. literally the name of the game. Um, mm -hmm. Like you can only do so much theory, but yeah. especially in a high stress scenario and even just sparring, like even light sparring for the first time is like so stressful. Mm -hmm. The first time you ever like have to move back and forth with somebody, it's like oh man, I'm so worried about this. You're super spazzy or super nervous. Yeah. Like, and then, uh, but then later you realize like, okay, this is fine. But then you move to the next stage, right? Like, okay, now you put mm -hmm. gear on <laughs> and yeah. now you're going in more than 10%, you know, like, yeah. um, there's just different levels. And then obviously the highest level is like you're in a brain or you're in the street. Like there's, mm -hmm. that's like the obviously highest level of stress you can have, I guess, in a combat scenario. Um, yeah. definitely one of the highest um and yeah it's such a great i know i feel like you know both of us as martial artists like it's such a great teacher of how to handle these kind of scenarios because it's like throwing yourself into stressful scenarios mm -hmm. where you have somebody to watch over like your instructor is there you have training partners that you trust and sure there's always like those people every once in a while who go too far but you know they're few they don't really last too long in martial arts right um yeah they either and change or are forced out but depending on the school that's where it um, oh yeah that's what really definitely gonna comes talk to you about the that culture the culture of the school because uh, there are still martial artists who abuse what they know unfortunately <laughs> and because of yeah. either um say for example them as fighters right they're very very common cases just watch the ufc just watch boxing mm -hmm. um there are very controversial figures that are still uh that still have a career simply because of um the external factors that they bring to the table money the the sponsorships um but when it comes to who they are outside of martial arts who they are to the people around them their families and friends that's a whole nother story mm -hmm. um uh, yeah, very, <laughs> a very big thing in, in martial arts for sure is addressing uh, the person, not just the skills. 
Yeah, um, I think that's what really separates martial art from combat sport is that level of outside of the competition aspect mm -hmm. and just developing your technique. There's the genuine character development of a human being that goes yeah. along. Um, and you're 100% right when it comes to the whole school-based thing because even places that are, you know, traditional martial arts or whatever you know oh there's so many labels that don't really mean anything but like for example taekwondo like sure it has the yeah i know <laughs> right oh no all the taekwondo heads are gonna start ratting yeah. on us it's okay but, yeah, it's go okay ahead. <laughs> but like for example even though it's cons it's a martial art there's still that aspect of like okay it's just about one aspect of you know just getting as many students as possible like i'm sure every martial arts school wants wants to maximize their revenue but mm -hmm. different people have different thresholds for the amount of bs they can tolerate you know what mm -hmm. i mean for sure yes and when i was training like we're at brampton muay thai when i was when i was training there it was like it was that threshold for like just trying to get people in and out was mm -hmm. like non-existent it was yeah. really about the development of each student and like one thing i loved about training with krunik and learning from him was that he is so adaptable in his teaching style to each person i remember mm -hmm. when i would um go to a private lessons with him he would you know as a musician he would describe things in a way that I would understand only a musician would understand like mm -hmm. you would talk about yeah. comparing piano playing to the rhythm and timing of sparring and it just shows somebody who actually really like really cares about their craft mm -hmm. and yeah like I mean I've been to other schools like now I'm training at different places like I went oh, to where uh, yeah like I actually trained at um after you know the whole COVID thing like yeah. we were able to train again I started training back over in Burlington for a bit um, oh, at BTC, uh, Burlington Training Center. Oh, okay. I don't know if you know them. They host a lot of. They're an MMA school, so. Oh, okay. Not so not traditional Muay Thai. No, no. When I and they're yeah. like as a huge gym, like it's mm -hmm. a lot of nice people. Like my cousin goes there, um, and like I went there a few times. Like I tried the BJJ classes, which was fun, and mm -hmm. they're Muay Thai. I mean, it's hard to go from traditional Muay Thai too, like their Muay Thai is like, you know, just stand up MMA. Um, yeah. Okay. I mean, it was definitely fun because yeah. the benefit of having going to a place like that, that has so many different people that are trying to adapt to this style is that there's mm -hmm. so many people of different martial arts backgrounds there that mm -hmm. I sparred yeah. with. Um, and sure, there's all, there's a few assholes like every other school, but you know, like, I've already talked about on, there's always that one guy, like, <laughs> I remember the first sparring session I had, like, I went to their Muay Thai sparring, and the first guy, I already knew this was going to be bad, he comes in mm -hmm. late, um, comes in late, and then he just puts his gear, but he doesn't say anything, like, the coach is mm -hmm. talking, he's like, oh, you know, hurry up, he doesn't say any words, and yeah. I already know this guy's like, I don't know what's going to happen, right, and mm -hmm. then as soon as we spar, we touch gloves, he makes no noises, it's like, uh, you know, it's from, coming from traditional Muay Thai. It's like you're just playing mm -hmm. around. Yeah. Um, but he's then, coming intense. Yeah, he's already tense. I could tell. Yeah. The guy is jacked too. But um, 
and maybe he had like 20 pounds in me but like that, that doesn't really matter to me but it was like then it, obviously it slowly escalates throughout the sparring he's like throwing like 20 punch combinations and that's like but it's then there's always those like fighter guys <laughs> yeah because he's a wrestler right and oh, then okay. he's got that mentality that super competition mentality mm -hmm. and he did the problem is he just doesn't say anything. he didn't even say anything and i'm like i know this guy is like as soon as we start he's gonna go yeah. if we don't have the same level of sparring intensity yeah. right now because that was my first sparring session after so mm -hmm. long and even if you're experienced in martial art like you have to get used to that again always no matter what you'll have that yeah. like for me rig rust definitely is real um and like even just in sparring like i don't feel you feel that your timing mm -hmm. is off you, you're getting hit a lot more um and especially as for my style like i'm like don't my whole thing is you you can't hit me like that's my my goal right yeah and then that really affects my mentality kind of so i remember after that sparring session like everyone else was great like every single other person was like mm -hmm. You know they went to the pace i want to go at okay there's a few other guys are going harder but you know they're competing so i understand um and we kind of talked about it beforehand so we had that basis at least yeah um but then i remember going home after that and it's like whenever you have like a bad sparring well it's to you it seems like a bad spark session in, in you know retrospect it probably wasn't that bad I, I just remember like writing down stuff in my notebook. I'm like, what did I do wrong? <laughs> and I'm all like this stuff. Then the next time I went back and I was like, okay, I just was, you know, rusty. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah. And then it was just funny comparing the culture of gyms to what we had um, at Brampton Muay Thai. Was, it's just so interesting. Um, and now where I'm training, like I'm downtown for school. Um, like where I'm training now, I don't know if you're Evolusai Thai, Evolusai Thai. Um, this guy, it's like an old gym in Chinatown, like in the basement, like, and, um, the instructor, Sensei, uh, Marcuso, he literally, this guy trained with Anderson Silva in Brazil. Like his trainer taught Anderson Silva striking. Like it's ridiculous. He's so good. Mm -hmm. Um, he's got like pictures of Anderson Silva on the wall and it's like, yeah, he's, but he's super humble and he's like thickest Brazilian accent. Um, and super nice super nice guys right everyone's super nice i've sparred with the guys did uh, a couple of their bjj classes and stuff and really i was able the culture reminded me of what we had there mm -hmm. and i was like you know what this is worth investing in so then i signed up um you know i'm now i've been signed up i signed up like in early jan um but nice yeah it's, so it's nice to get, get it back that, into you're gonna get that back yeah 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 and I mean, more yeah, of course. Yeah, because yeah. I've been exploring. I've, I've always loved grappling, mm -hmm. um, especially during COVID. Like I went deep in, especially judo. Like mm -hmm. I listened to a judo podcast, Shinto, Shintaro Higashi, like every week. Like they're talking about so much niche stuff that I'll, I will literally never use. But it's so interesting to see the perspective and connection because Muay Thai has a clinch, of course, which is its own, essentially its own martial yeah. art. And there's so many aspects of judo that I can apply to Muay Thai and then Muay Thai to BJJ. And then, you mm -hmm. know, it's just this exchange of martial information, you know, yeah. and it's just something I wanted to develop. Right. You know, I have my stand up. Um, why not expand my knowledge and learn, you know, on the ground, ground game yeah. and all this For stuff. Sure. And I'm really enjoying the process so far. So, yeah, that's definitely it's been fun.
but yeah i wanted to go back to um talking about you i'm <laughs> just talking about myself right now but um i always i never knew when or why you started muay thai was there like something that just sparked you to um start this journey what was it oh it was a it was a lot of things actually um so i was raised in the philippines for half my life i came to canada in 2009 and prior to that um i was raised in a uh, i went to an all-girls school and in that all-girls school there's a lot of the old gender norms were very uh, very rigid so girls were expected to do certain things not really invest in sports or be physical so a lot of that interest in being physical um was suppressed mm-hmm. and um just had to play nice be you know try to be presentable not necessarily play, play rough and it was only until i arrived here that um, i was able to finally um explore that side of me that always wanted to um to do rough play and be competitive <laughs> and yeah. uh and have and at least channel aggression in uh, <clears throat> in a healthy way you know yeah, in a non-abusive yeah, yeah. way <laughs> and martial arts was that avenue um i didn't start with muay thai i actually started in a karate school because i didn't know mm-hmm. about muay thai at that time and um thankfully that karate school um closed down and i was forced <laughs> to look for <laughs> other martial arts schools and um ironically one of the instructors in, from that karate school actually knew about kunik and told me specifically about branson muay thai mm-hmm. and when i read the branson muay thai first class um only girl <laughs> in a of sea course, of yeah. uh, 20 guys every i was uh, i think 16 when i did my trial and everyone was massive i'm 5'1 Yeah, uh, yeah. And everyone is minimum 5, 7 to 6. <laughs> a huge class. I I think you were still at the teens program at that time, right? Or Yeah, I think I was probably just I I don't even I don't know where age. I'm 20 That's right 2014. now. That's 2014. <laughs> yeah. I I was probably just starting like a couple of years yeah. in. Like Maybe like 11 12 years old. Yeah, different class. Different class completely. So I I I didn't even see you. You didn't even see me. Yeah. And um despite that co-ed setting or very isolated setting because uh, sometimes there would only be one or two other ladies I would see there. Um I was more in love with um growing myself physically than I was intimidated. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying I wasn't intimidated, it definitely was a lot of that, but yeah. it wasn't as much as my desire to to be strong. um to get better at it to be skilled and have fun because uh, mm-hmm. i generally generally would smile <laughs> whenever i would train even yeah, if i yeah. was crying from all the burpees um, <laughs> yeah. and yeah i found that um i found that spark when i trained in uh in muay thai and i think that spark uh developed fast because again i was in the right environment as you mentioned um kunik And at the time, Kurain was there too. Oh so yeah, Kurain. For those of you who don't know, yeah. that's one of the um, former instructors that we had at Branson Muay Thai. Now, the owner of Richmond Hill Muay Thai, and they made sure that any student that came in uh, was going to be respected 
especially the the ladies. I, I didn't pick up any um, hookup culture of yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, guys of hounding on ladies. I didn't I didn't sense any of that when I was there. And if there was, um, I heard stories of students being kicked out because of that kind of behavior, which wasn't being tolerated. Um, so yeah, there was that uh, level of respect for students, particularly female students, and um, the uh, challenge for anyone, whether it was your first time or you have, you're an athlete for, for decades or years, or you're a cop, someone who's experienced and knows about violence, mm -hmm. or someone who is intimidated by violence but wants to become confident in themselves. Uh, Branton Muay Thai was, a, was the right school to embrace all kinds of lives, mm -hmm. basically, all kinds of experiences. Um, it only really depended on the person, if the person was willing to work with that growth with these people in, in the school. Um, so yeah, my, my passion for training grew and I, um, I started fighting, I started competing. And then the more I would compete, the more I'd be at the gym, the more I saw um, the teaching that was happening. It wasn't just my class that I was experiencing. I was seeing how the kids' classes were being run. I could see how the beginner classes were being run, at least from a different lens that I was seeing it, not as a beginner anymore, but someone more experienced. And um, it sparked something else seeing how people were starting to grow, seeing how kids that used to be so shy were now uh, open to uh, making friends with other kids in, in the gym or um, people who had an inflated ego have became more <laughs> humble, <Yeah. laughs> became more humble and how they uh, helped out classmates, not just took care of themselves in training. They were now um, becoming leaders in um, group work they weren't just you know prioritizing themselves they were thinking about their partners so seeing everyone in the gym grow uh, beyond their skill level not just their skills but also their um, personality growing as a person uh, that inspired me to want to become a teacher as well <laughs> and um, long story short became a puchoy and then after years of helping out, I decided, you know what, I want to have my own program. And I started Queens, the all women's program. And the reason why I wanted to do the all women's program was because I noticed how there weren't a lot of ladies in the classes. Mm -hmm. um, the ratio in the kids' classes was roughly the same. Maybe you get like 50, 50, 40, 60. Yeah. girls in there in terms of ratio because the gender norms the gender roles aren't that um aren't that heightened yeah. for young kids it's not as uh intimidating to be around a boy but once puberty hits mm -hmm. it's that's another story it's a completely different story and um that's even worse yeah it yeah. aggravates into adulthood for for a lot of women and um, I wanted to have, I want to provide a space for ladies who wanted to train, but didn't necessarily feel like they belonged or 
felt safe in a co-ed setting. And that's not to disguise. It's again, we we made sure to have decent men, respectful men in our gym. Mm-hmm. Uh, we didn't keep the hound dogs at they all. They didn't last long. But yeah, but just seeing men um, in general in in a training setting is intimidating enough, whether or not they're good guys or right. Yeah, so yeah. Um, that's what led me to create Queens. And I'm, uh, I'm excited to keep growing it. It's, it's uh, one thing to start from one student, and I'm excited to keep growing that yeah. into way more than just the one. Yeah, because I remember when we were, when you were training me and my brother, like, because I remember you had a few female students that came in um, to do private mm-hmm. lessons with you. Yeah. And now I see those students continuing like with your group classes and um, like you have, you know, so many more students now and like you're obviously progressing, working really hard on your, your craft. And it's just I, I appreciate that, um, especially as like I'm in like I'm in commerce, right? Um, mm. I'm in that sort of realm and I've always loved entrepreneurship and you know, my family, every immigrant family has been an entrepreneur at some point. So yeah, my grandparents and everything, right? Even my dad, he's a lawyer, but you know, he's also an entrepreneur. My mom mm. is a teacher, but now she's actually starting her entrepreneurial journey. Um, wow, congrats. Yeah, she just started. She took this year off. Oh, man, maybe I don't know if I should be sharing this like on the podcast all the time. But yeah, she, <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> whatever, whatever. It's okay. Um, you can edit it. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. <laughs> I've already said it. It's okay. Um, but yeah, like she started her own journey of something that she had a huge passion for her, like fashion was something part of her life. Mm -hmm. And now she's starting her journey and pursuing that now that she's, you know, she spent like almost what 30, almost close to 30 years in, uh, in, um, in teaching and, Mm -hmm. you know, now she's, now she's in a place where she feels comfortable to pursue that. And, you know. I'm just glad to see somebody else like I know that I've, you know, talked to, I've almost grew up with at some point, right? Like mm-hmm. you're my literally, you were there every stage of my development, essentially. Um, and I'm, I'm glad to see you pursue what you want to do, even through the hard times, right? Like COVID is, was a <laughs> super crazy time, especially for um, industries like personal training and mm-hmm. martial artists like it, it was completely ransacked right like there's no yeah. there's no ability it was very little ability to continue that craft at the same level that you were before mm-hmm. um like the person-to-person thing obviously yeah and the uh, group classes were supposed to begin and then <laughs> um COVID hit like literally the the next month yeah I, think I had two months of starting the group classes and then COVID it's like no you're not having group classes <laughs> like no thanks sorry yeah. <laughs> not happening yeah it's definitely a, a, a punch to the face but you, you find a way to unfreeze and keep moving yeah it's all about that I think martial artists are kind of have this I would say advantage in those kind of scenarios right mm-hmm. literally as you described a punch in the face um, like we've literally, yeah. you know, as a martial artist, experienced that. I mean, okay, maybe if you're, you know, BJJ guy, you haven't experienced that. But like, you know, the proverbial <laughs> punch. To Occasionally, the face. yes, yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. Um, 
but and being able to because you know the first time it happens where you get clipped with something you can't just stay there because if you stay there you're done right um you have to continue when there what sometimes like when water is flowing it doesn't flow evenly right it it crashes Mm -hmm. there's um there's a riptide like there's so many different things that disrupt the flow but it still flows no matter Mm -hmm. what and being able to adapt is something i believe martial artists have the ability to do and think you know you applied that uh to your business and to your teaching like you progressed and stuck through you know the hardest time where so many so many places were closing down restaurants like all these different businesses you see just disappear because they couldn't manage during that time Mm -hmm. and you know i'm glad that you were you and everyone else like at um, movement patterns like was able to make it out and uh yeah thrive now right like even coach yeah. jit like he's like whoa you know he started his own boxing school i was like this is great man I- i'm really yeah, and really happy we're at for the everyone. same time too we're just starting the group classes after all the privates and um it's that uh I, that that's one of the things that martial arts definitely teaches the experience of um enduring and being resilient um it's a very harsh teacher for sure but (laughs) it is i think an essential teacher and i feel like that's one of the lessons that kids nowadays don't really get they don't really get that lesson anymore yeah Um, because if there's something that they don't like all they have to do is unsubscribe unfollow Mm -hmm. um stop the payment plan if it's not their thing anymore there's uh there's an easy way out there's an easy way out and um I think articulating that to to the future generations is is going to be one of the challenges because um, you know who are you to tell me that I have to endure hardship? Yeah, you know I can, what I, I mean. Like, who are you to tell me it's going to get better eventually? Um, I can just leave. I'm I'm uncomfortable. I'm going to leave now. Yeah, doesn't matter. There's something else for me waiting out out of here. So. Um, it's unfortunate that the culture or society's culture shifted towards more comfort and less um less less challenge mm-hmm. so i hope that with the way that i'm going to be teaching my ladies my, my young girls and the adult women in my classes is not necessarily endure abuse mm-hmm. but know when a challenge is healthy and uh, continue to strive for it, even if there's obstacles in the way. Yeah. It's a big challenge. <laughs> it's a big it's ask. It's difficult, yeah. Especially, yeah. like, um, one thing that I've noticed, especially just for, uh, just from the outside view, right? I've seen a lot of women getting more involved in um, exercise. And this is the mm-hmm. way, you know, anecdotal. I don't have any statistical things to back this up, but... Like through my anecdotal observations, mm-hmm. I've seen like, you know, a lot of girls are going to the gym more that would, yeah. you know, because before it was all like, I mean, even my mom would say this, like, it'd be like, oh, you know, like, I don't want to lift too many weights. I'm going to get too bulky. It's like, oh, okay. that, <laughs> yeah. that stuff is so yeah. funny. It's like, man, then yeah. if, if you just had to lift weights and you get bulky, every dude would be jacked out of their minds. Yeah. Man. You do bicep <laughs> curls once a week, you know? <laughs> yeah, but, they're getting it yeah but now it's like it's way more accepted like especially i think Mm -hmm. 
almost every girl I know, like every other girl I know at my mm -hmm. age is going to the gym. Like, yeah, they don't have to all, they're not all like, you know, deadlifting 300 pounds, but that's not the, mm -hmm. everyone's journey, right? People have yeah. different goals. And yeah. I'm just glad to see more people doing it, even for guys too. like mm -hmm. just all over social media. It's like, you know, really supportive communities like, let's get it. Let's go to the gym, bro. It's like this whole culture. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's I'm like getting better for yourself. For yeah. Sure. And I, I think it's great. And <clears throat> I think just even in like a from a market strategy thing, I don't, I don't know if you necessarily planned this, but it's kind of a perfect time to have your school um and because you know people are it's becoming more and more accepted to for mm -hmm. you know girls to be athletic and push themselves yeah. in this area of the of the of a life and mm -hmm. i think this is like the time that you're allowed not allowed but that you're able to flourish on a different level than you may have been able to before i feel like for now it's just on the trend upwards mm -hmm. right i don't think there's yeah, going to yeah. be a point where it's like okay now girls are not allowed Stop you training. Know, yeah <laughs> no more <laughs> lifting weights so. or training that. martial arts right? yeah it's just on an upper trajectory yeah. and and i hope that you know continues to increase your um your student base the mm -hmm. interest in your program and all that yeah and well um, going on that point of what you're saying when it comes to um, more females embracing athletics or more women embracing, you know, strength-based training or even martial arts, uh, there's also um, a specific culture that you'd want to have, though, mm -hmm. right? For example, um, it's more common now for guys to want to lift weights. But what's the reason? Is it to just you know, have the great pics on Instagram, <laughs> fair, right? Fair. <laughs> Which is a lot um, um, because those are understandable reasons, right? We all want to be seen. We all want to be loved. We want to be adored. You know, there's, it, it's, it's human nature. There's part of, there's a part of us that wants those things. Um, but that's not necessarily the reason why um, martial arts schools should be opening, yeah, not just yeah. to appeal to the aesthetics uh, we still have we have a responsibility to um, provide the abilities, right? Don't just train to be strong. Like, can you actually move your body in a certain way to pick up things and help people, or can you move your body to defend yourself mm -hmm. or your loved ones if something goes wrong? Um, so there's the responsibility for, I would say, martial arts schools to make those distinctions clear. Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, because I've I've had trials come in expecting that <laughs> this is going to look like one of the Instagram influencer workouts. Cardio kickboxing. Which is yeah. valid because um, this is all they've seen. This is all that they're exposed to is the uh, booty boot camps. Um, not, <laughs> yeah. um, not Muay Thai. And I'm not saying I just want to take people who want to get in the ring. That's of not course, what I'm yeah. saying at all. It's more of... Um, I, I have a duty to fulfill as a martial arts instructor, which is to not just um, improve someone's coordination and physicality, but also improve them as a person. I'd like to say that mm -hmm, yeah. um, I don't have wannabe influencers. I'd like to say that. Mm, I don't think I do yeah, yeah. <laughs> with any of my <laughs> students. And that's not to diss them. Uh, not to diss people who are that, because if that is 
your way. Um, that's not my way. <laughs> that's exactly. not my way. That's not yeah. um, what I want queens to be a, um, I don't want queens to be that type of training ground. Yeah. I want it to be a training ground for women to um, feel strong physically and also emotionally. Mm-hmm. Um, not to feel, not not just empower feeling attractive. That's a whole nother thing. That's a different industry. Yeah, it's not yeah. my industry. I feel like especially our generation, like, or at least my generation, I don't know the age difference between us, but <laughs> like, I don't know. I'm 27. You're 27. <laughs> I'm 27. So you're not, you're not, you're, are you Gen Z as well or no? I don't think you Does are. Does that count? Uh-oh, I'm, I don't know anymore. I think I am. 96? 96. I, I think it's 99. No. Oh, okay. Maybe, so maybe close. 95. We're, we're roughly close. around that age. But like, yeah. it, I would say that a lot of things that affect my age group, like early 20s, like it still affects all the way up probably to 30. Like the whole and even more when you're younger it's the whole like instagram and social media how it affects people and um like the whole vanity of you know looking physically attractive is like all mm-hmm. the whole thing i mean it's been part of human society forever but now it's just so yeah. accessible and so yeah. fake <laughs> it can be so fake right you can edit yeah. your photos you can change the lighting yeah like even all these fitness people are saying surgeries yeah surgery like <laughs> And, yeah. you know, surgery has become a way more accepted in North America, oh, yeah. right? Like yeah. before it was like, oh, what are you doing, man? Are you some crazy? Taboo. Like, yeah. But no, now it's like, oh, do what you want. You go girl mm-hmm. or whatever, you know, yeah. <laughs> it's like, okay, whatever. You can do whatever you want. But I think it's be- instead of improving the outside, you got to improve the inside first, you know, mm-hmm. like a martial yeah. art. Because it's martial art in a way is like so unforgiving in the sense that mm-hmm. you can't you can only like pretend for so long. No, right? like, <laughs> you really can't. You literally, yeah. there's, a, there's always like, you can pretend like, oh, you know, um, I, I'm just doing it for this. Like it makes me feel good mm-hmm. or whatever, but, or it makes me look good, not feel good. You want it to make you feel yeah. good. It makes me look good on Instagram, whatever. But then there's that point where it's like, you can only pretend like somebody actually mm-hmm. tries to do something to you and it's yeah. like, you can't do anything about it. Where's all that mm-hmm. Instagram, you know, hitting the pads or whatever. It's just for, just for the gram, you know, like doing yeah, it yeah. for the gram <laughs> essentially. Yeah. And martial arts kind of gets rid of all that surface level bullshit. Like, honestly, mm-hmm. it, and it's a way, I mean, it's a methodology of looking at life because life is not, is like that. Um, humans have this perception that we can control our reality but at the mm-hmm. sometimes you have to accept reality instead of controlling it yeah and martial art forces you to do that right like you can't mm-hmm. control always control what your opponent is doing all the time like yeah. even for me like when i was um like my philosophy and the way i fight is completely changed in the last few years completely changed like before i was always a backwards fighter like backwards in, mm-hmm. in terms of not like bad <laughs> i was back no i know what you're saying fu- yeah, yeah. for our viewers you know who don't know what i mean by that like fighting off the back foot <laughs> um allowing someone baiting someone to come in yeah and tagging them on their way in that's what a backwards fighter is yeah 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 boy yeah. femur you know we'll just say that that was like if i had to go tactician yeah like my yeah. mentality in fighting but 
I've changed a lot in that sense because honestly, between 14 and 16, like, or at least 14 to 15, like there were no people my age when I was mm -hmm. sparring. It was all like men. <laughs> yeah. men and then you know yeah. you'd be there still kick my ass even though you weigh less than me but um <laughs> but you know like it was out of necessity honestly like you can't mm -hmm. walk some guy down that weighs 50 pounds more than you when you don't have yeah. we had exactly. especially when they're more experienced it's already like mm -hmm. i had to be tricky to even land anything right yeah. like yeah but then i realized later like i used to love pressure fighting so much like mm -hmm. i love like just being in the pocket and trading and um, still being smart about it. But mm -hmm. I've been able to adapt that kind of mentality of like the Moi Kao, just it's a, it's a forward technician, not a backwards technician, yeah. you know? Um, so Moi Kao for non-Muay Thai people, that's an aggressive oh, yeah. fighter who uses their hands. <laughs> mm -hmm. Like we walk forward, like to clinch, knee, you know, like yeah. Moi Mutt is like, I try to adapt, I've been trying to, research and really go into it because i'm always an i'm a nerd about muay thai for sure like mm -hmm. watching old fights old fighters like um watching youtube videos like just going really into it reading stuff and like some of my favorite fighters have that fluidity of going forward fighting backwards fighting mm -hmm. in the middle like uh num saknoi like emperor of muay thai guy has like Mm -hmm. I can't remember over 350 fights and 300 like 325 wins or something like he's only lost like under 30 times or something ridiculous like that and his whole style like if you guys don't know who he is if you know Buakau he was like Buakau's main trainer um and yeah Nam Saknoi is amazing like he used to be a, he was a heavy left kicker like he would fight off the back foot on the outside but then when he would go against other technical outside fighters he would clinch with them and just destroy them in the clinch like he beat Sanchai like that way he didn't want to trade on the outside he clinched him up uses superior technique in the clinch and his strength and he defeated him right like mm -hmm. to think about like Sanchai is probably the most famous Muay Thai fighter other than Buakau and mm -hmm. oddly oftenly regarded as you know the goat of modern times and mm -hmm. you know it's like we anytime you see him lose to somebody it's like what <laughs> how good is the yeah. other person and i just want to adapt that fluidity like now i love to walk forward especially because i don't mm -hmm. really go against people like spar against people who are experienced in the clinch um, yeah. it gives me an advantage also but it's also against my nature too right because sometimes like you have to force yourself to change um, to yeah. actually develop yourself and like for me sometimes it's like I don't want to go try to get long guard and wrap around the head and like I'm gonna get hit on the way in like you know I don't like getting hit <laughs> you know like well it depends on on um, who you're facing a lot of it has to do with adaptations have to do with necessity like is it necessary for you mm -hmm. to get into the long guard or um, you know press forward like if you are facing the bigger guy, but if they start to slow down, that's your time to be the bigger guy and mm -hmm. go forward. So a lot of it has to do with adapting only if it's necessary, yeah. not necessarily adapting for the sake of adapting. And uh, what you're talking about being able to unlock that side of you to be the more aggressive fighter. Um, 
that's one of the challenges in, in teaching ladies is reminding them that, hey, ladies, you are capable of being aggressive. There's a part of you that is willing and is capable of doing that. But um, many people, because they're good people, believe that aggression is only for the violent and the immoral. Mm -hmm. And that's not necessarily the case. You can use aggression to protect yourself. You can use aggression to, um, or rather assertiveness to set boundaries. Mm -hmm. So translating, you know, the, the martial art sparring into, um, into everyday life, uh, specifically on like how a woman would try to defend herself emotionally is, um, is one of the key things that was one of the key messages that I think women should, should have when they're learning martial arts, because that's a different translation for a man. Right. Mm -hmm. Like I have the right to be aggressive. Of course, I'm going to be aggressive. I can do this. But for ladies, that's not a message that they hear often or at all. Right. You're not supposed to be rude. You're not supposed mm -hmm. to say no. You're only supposed to say yes and smile and let someone make inappropriate comments about your body or allow someone to pick on you yeah because it's impolite to call them out on you so that fighting part you know giving permit giving permission to yourself to fight um is one of the things that i i have to address when i'm in uh when i'm teaching is ladies hey um there's a specific time to be quiet and observe right like playing off the back foot allowing someone to just you know talk their smack but mm -hmm. there's also a time for you to counter you have to say something back you have to let them know that they're not going to keep walking all over you mm -hmm. um and that, i think that's one of the biggest challenges is being that other voice for ladies specifically because that i don't think that's a voice that a lot of women or even young girls get to hear Right. There's a lot of factors of um, family, yeah. religion, right, or even their community, what community they have that tells them to just worry about being liked by acting a certain way. OK, don't don't be aggressive. Don't say this because no one's going to like you. Yeah. You know, like... Don't talk about controversial things. Don't don't say no. No one's going to yeah. like a person who no one likes. No one will like a girl or woman who does this. Mm -hmm. And it still happens. You'd like to think that today we're, we're more um, progressive, but these social norms are still there. Yeah. And um, it's a different social norm for a guy and different social norms for a girl. That's one of the things that I want to keep addressing and letting, our, letting my students know that just because the world is telling you one thing that doesn't mean that's how it should be mm -hmm. there's a way for you to adapt and survive even if you are facing these obstacles you are facing this uh, type of conflict from a certain opponent right whether it's family whether it's someone at work or whether it's one of your friends yeah or even a partner you know understanding the conflict and what's the necessary move for that conflict being able to adapt in that way. Yeah. And I feel like you talk about that whole other side where it's like, 
women are not meant to be on to walk for it essentially be aggressive mm -hmm. you know guys on the other sense are supposed to be aggressive but there's not the other side right mm -hmm. um, and there's also a point to address that amongst men where sometimes you don't need to always say your idea you know maybe you should shut up sometimes right <laughs> sometimes be right. I, I, I feel like martial art also teaches that it teaches mm -hmm. the side of being sometimes you have to be the aggressor and be able to respond back other times mm -hmm. you have to perceive something before you're able to mm -hmm. address it yeah and just listen first exactly and that was like yeah. me for me um most of my life i'd like I would try to listen in conversation most of the time, but then I never mm -hmm. had that execution of responding, like when I was young, right? Mm. Yeah. Uh, um, my parents are, you know, they were nice enough to let us sit with them, like when the adults were talking, right? Like, and I would listen yeah. to like what they're talking about. And, you know, I'm a kid, I don't know anything. So I'm just going to absorb information. Yes. But yeah. at some point you have to be able to respond. And mm -hmm. even if it's not a hostile environment just being mm -hmm. able to converse gives you that practice and um in debate and debate mm -hmm. can be replicated in many scenarios right yeah. um, and crew would always talk about that levels of interaction between two people and you know sparring is like a debate yeah fight is an argument you know mm -hmm. um and learning the different levels is something that martial artists definitely taught me and, mm -hmm. you know, guys, as guys, we need to be able to, a lot of guys need to listen sometimes. Um, and like even, you know, I talk about how I like to listen, but even, you know, everyone gets in that mode where they just want to say their ideas and not listen mm -hmm. to the other person and just go for it instead of absorbing what the other person has to say first and then trying to understand where they're coming from. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's a two-way street, right? Like, we all have to, mm -hmm. men and women have to go about this, like, with the other side in, in mind and yeah. understand that we everyone has things they need to work on, right? Like, Yeah. It's, um, it's a balance. I know the trajectory right now when it comes to female empowerment is a lot of it has to do with just allowing women to say whatever it is that they want. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um. And sometimes there's a point where you have to ask yourself, what is the message that this person, this particular person is spreading, right? You have all these influencers giving um, advice on relationships, giving advice on, you know, personal development, giving advice on health or um, um, friendships, right? Dating yeah. or, or even career. And it's hard because there's all these new voices coming out. Yeah. Everyone's trying to talk. Everyone's trying to have their 15 minutes um, to go viral. And, or rather one minute because everything is on TikTok now. <laughs> yeah. So that's just, you don't need 15 minutes, just one minute uh, to be controversial. And it, it's hard because you have to filter that. You have to filter that noise. You have to filter the noise and come up with... Um, up with an alternative it's i don't i don't want to create queens to make mary sue's you know what a mary sue is uh, have you heard of that term before i've mary heard sue? it I, I don't remember the definition though 
it's a uh, pop culture trope um, in which a female character is uh, invincible and perfect. Mm, okay. Right? Like, for example, Rey in Star Wars. Like, sh- she can... just okay. clicked with the Force from the get-go. She even had to teach Luke some things in the Force, mm-hmm. who's a master for 20 years. So it was kind of, you know. It's like, okay, or I see what you're trying to do. The, here, the new Mulan the, that was garbage by the way yeah, the yeah, 2020 I didn't watch. I heard a re- one? yeah i heard a review of no, that it was very funny that's not yeah that was nonsense <laughs> like she was stronger than everyone in both armies in the chinese army and the mongolian army um she had special powers no one else did and yeah i don't want people to mistake my intention of empowering women in queens is i'm not trying to make every everyone you know perfect no one's perfect Mm -hmm. Um, there are a lot of things to work on and being able to figure out when to use um your aggression right like how you mentioned that a fight is an argument and sparring play sparring is more of a debate Um, sometimes when you give people the solution that oh you can use aggression they end up thinking oh aggression is going to be my answer from now on mm-hmm. because I have, I've been given permission to use it. So one of the things I want to keep reiterating is yes, aggression is one of the, or assertiveness is one of your um, tools, but that's not always going to be the tool. It's just one of them. There are times when you have to listen or when you have to set your boundaries, you're not necessarily using violence or, you know, being physical when you're setting boundaries. There's ways to do it um, verbally and even with humor, Mm -hmm. right? Like finding the sweet spot for ladies to be confident and also protect themselves. Because right now it's all um, attack mode. Everything is on defense, right? From the way you're hearing ladies talk about being a boss, like, hey, I'm going to be a bad like, I don't want to say that word, but you know what I mean? Like, it's such a, uh, it has such a negative connotation that I'm going to do whatever I want and no one else has the right to say anything to me. Yeah, That's not the attitude that I'm trying to grow or develop in Queens. It's, yes, you can do what you want, but you have to do it responsibly. You have yeah. to do it at the right time. It's just that the aggression is a tool, but it's not going to be a tool for everything. Yeah, I think that's when you when you mentioned that I started to think about it. It's like it's in the goal of female empowerment some people have taken it to a length of almost imitating the people that they kind of dislike. It's like image. It's like becoming the bully, <laughs> yeah. you know. Like, yeah, all these toxic males. Yeah. You just become a toxic <laughs> yeah. male, you know. Do you really? Who, yeah. who wants to be that the guy? Like everyone hates yeah. that guy who just says whatever he yeah. wants without any yeah. consequences. Then, um, is it really productive to just become that person, the yeah. female version oh, of the, the toxic person? Right? Yeah. Like, how productive? You should is check that? out. Um, you should check out Andrew Schultz. I love I Schultz. You know him. He's I a love comedian. Him. Oh, you watch Schultz? Okay. I love Schultz. <laughs> he has this. He has this amazing bit about in his special about uh, feminists, and he's like, "Oh, you guys just 
don't want to take care of babies. You just want to <laughs> be with whoever you want to be with and, yeah. uh, you know, uh, wear whatever you want. Are you sure you're feminist or you're F-boys? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so and true, though, yeah. It's so, yeah. He's always, he's so I in the nose with that stuff. <laughs> that's not what I want. Yeah, like, it's like becoming, you can't beat, always beat fire with fire, you know? Sometimes you got to exactly. beat it with water. Sometimes you got to beat it with air, air earth, right? Earth, you right. Know? Like, <laughs> Like, you know, Avatar. Just have all four. <laughs> of course. Know when to use the right one, the right yeah. element. And then there's the other yeah. side. Like, when it comes to Hollywood and the whole female empowerment, it's like, oh, oh my so, God. it's like, <laughs> like, why have to be so, it's almost patronizing. Oh, it almost, it is patronizing. It's like just giving the girl powers, like, yeah. You know, like, and uh, <laughs> as, as, as like as yourself, as somebody who's worked hard to achieve the skills and become stronger, yeah. gone through hardship. There's a reason why nobody connects to those characters, right? Like, yeah. every, it's not like yeah. the only not even girls. Yeah, no, like the, yeah. there's a reason why the only people critic, the only people who are saying that's like, oh, this is all great, are the critics yeah. that are just trying to get a paycheck in Hollywood, right? Yeah, yeah. Like these, if you really want to create like a female character, it doesn't even. It's not even the sense that they're female. It's just that a character mm -hmm. that goes through hardship and then slowly builds himself up and achieves something that's what we want to see it's yeah. like watching us it's like watching even with a guy like the guy just has superpowers uh, out of nowhere it's and, kind of boring and then yeah. No, yeah knows exactly what to do all of a sudden yeah. like and there's so many like because i'm like a advert reviewer of anime right um and oh what sorry you review? No, I'm a I'm a viewer. I'm an avid enthusiast. Oh, okay. Yes, I'm yes. like, oh, no, you I don't I'm... talk smack about stuff too. No, I do talk smack, but I'm not. I don't know anything. So not an official. Yeah, okay, yeah. <laughs> not officially. All right. Yeah, but like, there's so many shows, like in especially in the shonen. Shonen is like marketed towards. Yeah. I think, young boys. Yeah, boys between like whatever twelve Teen and boys. yeah, yeah, sixteen or whatever, and it's a lot of the shows like they have the good characters have that mm -hmm. development and it's always like memed on right now it's like oh yeah, the yeah. character just cries <laughs> and then somehow it becomes overpowered but yeah. there's also like <laughs> half the shows the guy just has what he needs to win like the entire yeah. contest at the beginning so there's mm. no it's like it's like the whole process of just discovering you had it all along you know not like actually yeah. learning yeah. and progressing and it's like what one thing i love about even martial arts anime like um there's just one, Kenichi, um, The World's Mightiest Disciple. I remember, it's like a really casual oh, martial arts one. show. Kenichi? Yeah. Okay. And it was um, super, like, it was like jokes made back and forth. Basically, there's this kid who, he gets bullied all the time at school. And then he gets his, um, like, he gets saved by this girl who, like, kicks these bullies' asses. And then he, <laughs> she's like, oh, yeah, you know, you. Uh, I'm just going to walk up back to the hill. Like, I live there with my grandfather who's like a grandmaster and then at the top of the hill there's every master of the different martial arts like there's this hmm. street fighting karate guy there's this traditional japanese um jujitsu guy and then there's like a kung fu master muay thai yeah like there's like all these different levels like different martial arts um and then eventually he gets in this kerfuffle right like he has to fight this guy's ridiculously massive guy in the, um, a karate tournament and He's like, oh, man, what am I going to do? Like, I'm so mm -hmm. dumb. I don't know why I challenged this guy to a fight. So he goes to them and he learns from them. And he sucks. Like, he will suck from <laughs> every stage of the show. He's bad. Yeah. 
but everything he every episode he improves like literally that much right one percent yeah and because that's a realistic journey of somebody mm -hmm. trying anything and obviously it's glamorized and like it's mm -hmm. made into like there's funny parts like he's like carrying his master up the hill or like he's whipping him he's like oh go faster go faster or whatever that's like it's so stupid but also like the reason why I like these kind of shows is because I it hits like here as a martial artist mm -hmm. like in a different way that yeah. I I can't really describe to somebody unless you've been through something like that or mm -hmm. it's just chipping away at your goal and yeah. uh and in that show it's like that's like a character that I could connect to like if the character just has like powers all of a sudden mm -hmm. and somehow defeats everyone then it's like like I mean, I love Dragon Ball Z, but like it's yeah. like uh, everyone. It's too much. How do you get everybody? It's like how do you? <laughs> how are you at a hundred percent and somehow go above? It's like hundred and twenty. You yeah. know, like yeah. There's no threshold for power levels. You know. Yeah. Um. But I feel like that. Like there, there are movies like that though, where they have like a female mm -hmm. character. She works hard and then she achieves her goal, right? Yeah, she, like the old school Mulan. That's, yeah, old school Mulan. That's why she is she's my avatar, yeah, <laughs> she's my avatar. Yeah, yeah. um but i like what you brought up with the um that connection you said that you mentioned that oh um being able to work hard and eventually gradually improve is something that you can another fellow martial artist can easily connect with you um and i i find that it's easy to see um, people connect through martial arts, even if they're completely different, like they have completely different lives. You um, remember what it was like um, in the sparring classes. There mm -hmm. was me, there was you, there were, you know, like guys Papa. who were bigger and stronger than us. We had a cop. Yes, we had a cop yeah. in our um, class. We had a construction worker in our class. We had a university student who was working on their PhD in our class. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we have a lawyer in our class. Um, we have someone who um, is finishing high school, mm -hmm, right? Yeah. While you were starting, while you were trying to get into high school, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right? completely different lives, completely different personalities. But because of the space, it allows them to make connections. And it's, um, I'd say one of the one of my favorite things to see in, in my classes, because a lot of the women there, zero experience in training um never done weights did not grow up in a place where they had to do gym class in high school so some people were like not athletes like never done training at all mm -hmm. but i also have people who are experienced in martial arts some people who did know muay thai for like a year or two i have moms in there mm -hmm. moms with one kid young moms moms with kids who are almost my age <laughs> yeah. and um i have university first year university students and i have people working on their bachelors or their masters right completely different women and yet for some reason they have a group chat now <laughs> you know yeah. what i mean like that's i funny. i'm when when we're at the beginning of warm-up and we're just skipping and that's generally the time for people to you know get warm and also like warm up to the environment of the class i just hear them talking about you know something they shared on the group chat or <laughs> yeah apparently there's a there's a it's someone's birthday and um they have a gift for each other you know oh, and nice. um 
observing and seeing that um, that community is is so um, is so touching because I, I didn't I didn't want to make this place just for women to get strong for themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, they also found a way to be strong for other people and for other people that they didn't they they wouldn't know otherwise. Right? Like, where else are you going to be hanging out with someone who doesn't work in the same field as you if they're not your family? Yeah. Right. Where else would you find that connection? Um, and where else would you find friendships where you have to literally sweat and cry even <laughs> yeah, to, yeah. to get that bond? Because, um, you know, academics doesn't really do that. Maybe the the crying part because of you know, <laughs> deadlines and stuff, but not That's necessarily the sweat. Yep. Not necessarily the sweat and you know the physical the grit, uh, soreness. Yeah. yeah, the grit. Where you'll find it in martial arts. Um, so it's been a fun experience so far, and I, I really can't wait to to have to have that grow exponentially. Because yeah, I think that's yeah. something that women need is to have that community where they see each other as as partners, not necessarily, uh, or rather teammates, not necessarily competition. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if I don't know if it's the same for for guys when it comes to <laughs> yeah. like guys who are better than you. You don't necessarily look at them as a threat. Maybe you just look at them as an inspiration. Um, but in women in female culture, it's more of a threat like pe- <laughs> yeah. people get upset women get upset girls get upset when someone is prettier than prettier than them smarter than them mm-hmm. has a better fashion taste has you know uh gets more attraction from guys than they do yeah, yeah, yeah. it's very um um cutthroat <laughs> i would say it's quite cutthroat among among women from what i've heard like how well. dare you outperform <laughs> me you shouldn't be better than me. I should be better than all of you. That yeah, there's yeah. that female, um, uh, it's it's prominent in female culture yeah. to want to one up everyone in the room and to hate when someone one ups you even in something that you're not necessarily proud of. Like it should, really shouldn't be a big deal. Yeah, yeah. But it, but it is. So um, to see the ladies not look at each other like oh she's not better than me so i'm not going to help her Mm, or she's better than me i don't want to help her and i don't see that in my classes and i and i hope more spaces like this uh becomes commonplace because we need that we we have to stop women have to stop looking at each other like competition Mm -hmm. if we're really going to empower each other it shouldn't be, hey, I'm going to make you pretty so that you can be prettier than everyone else. No. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's for um, deeper reasons than the appearance or the feeling of being superior. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like in, I guess, in guy culture, like just how we interact. Sure, there is that kind of competitive nature naturally. Men mm-hmm. are very driven by their ego and... Yeah competitive in that especially within sport um and martial art as well um but there's also that level of camaraderie that you build up Mm. that is cannot be broken by anything like like i talked to like ajay he just had his recent fight right like yeah (laughs) i literally hadn't talked to him in 
three years, yeah, four years, and I'm like, we just I sent a message like, congratulations, Ben, mm-hmm. um, and just started talking with them. Like that bond you built through combat and like mutual understanding of mm-hmm. exchange. Like, okay, you provide me your body to train, I provide you my body to train. Like, yeah. we are connected on a different level that you can't. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I mean, you could compare to team sport in a sense but for me like I played team sports and I feel like it's you have that level of camaraderie but I don't know if it's on for me it's never been on the same level as my camaraderie between um fellow martial mar- artists. yeah fellow martial mm-hmm. artists because I feel like because at the end of the day martial arts is a solo journey and then sh- being able to share that with other people and help them improve themselves right mm-hmm. versus on a team thing it's about everyone at the end of the day right it's the entire yeah. team it's a it's almost like a separate body than something else mm-hmm. right something greater than yourself for martial arts it's just you right in it a is, sense yeah. in a sense it's selfish right it's for the self-improvement but sometimes selfishness is good in that yeah. sense right yeah. If you're better, you're actually going to be better for other people too. Exactly. <laughs> so it's like we're in a way not really selfish, exchange, but right? it starts with the self. Yeah. It's like, it starts with I'm sure self. like every guy who started martial art, especially later in years, they like, I want to get in shape. I want to look better. I mm-hmm. want to learn how to defend myself. And then eventually they learn those things, but they also learn the value of the relationship between two martial artists, right? And it doesn't just have to be between guys, right? But like, it's just yeah. heightened because the natural um, connection between people of the same gender. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's like blood brothers, right? Like, you know, yeah. nothing can be <laughs> yeah. broke. When you go through something like that, like going through hard yeah. training, even hard sparring, like hard sparring is also very situational, right? It's mm-hmm. not 95% of the time you won't be doing hard sparring ever if you had a good gym, but yeah unless it's like you're preparing for competition or whatever right Mm -hmm. but like the feeling you have after especially when you my fate one of my favorite kind of sparring is the hard sparring with people you know that are Mm -hmm. because you know you're not going to end up with brain damage after sure you might be a little like banged up hopefully yeah hopefully (laughs) sometimes yeah you know yeah me and aj had a few times you go at it but (laughs) it's common but it's so fun though like after it's like man that was just like because you can when you're experienced enough you can go at the highest intensity where you don't Mm -hmm. hurt each other but you're still so technical in the way you execute um your movements and you still are improving. It's not just mindless mm-hmm. um, bashing each other, going based off yeah. pure instinct, like it would be if it was with somebody you didn't know, right? Mm-hmm. And it allows you to develop at that. Like that's kind of my favorite, like high intensity but low injury. <laughs> you know, yeah. that's obviously <laughs> the, the most yeah. I- ideal. Yeah. Like, and now, like when I'm in, I'm at uni now, and I met this guy this year, connected with him right away, fellow martial artist. Mm. he's been doing he did karate like traditional karate when since he was 10 and then he transitioned to kickboxing a few years like for he kickboxed for like two or three years competed like as a um as a youth and then he came here to um for university he's from florida originally but Mm. um he started training bjj he's been doing for the last eight months and he's he's the one that brought me to that school like he told me about it and like me and this guy literally talk like one day 
we trained in the morning and we i stayed mm -hmm. at his house just talking about martial arts i swear to god till Aww. like 7 p.m literally like we went full because yeah, he he's a total nerd out. yeah literally nerd, yeah. martial art nerded it out all day yeah and anytime we talk about it it just comes up in conversation no matter what mm -hmm. and any yeah. literally every time i talk to anyone on the podcast it's no matter what field like i just had a recent one with a fellow like rotman commerce student and you know she's uh, i interviewed her she has a brand like her own fashion brand and she's very successful and all that and she's a fourth year I brought up martial art. I tried, like, it mm -hmm. just happens. It's just part of, like, who I am. And when I met this guy, I was like, bro, this guy is literally the Floridian version of me. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm. And, um, yeah, like, we spar. The, when we spar, I get that same feeling of we can go high intensity, but we know we're not going to hurt each other. Like, he's had... Mm -hmm. One thing I like about that traditional martial arts aspect is there's an idea of respect mutual understanding between two people that sometimes is lost at a lot of schools that just focus on competition right yeah um i found a lot of just in my experience that many schools they have only two levels of students it's either very casual i'm just here to get a workout in or it's like yeah. i'm competing at the highest yeah. level right and there's no in between of people who like myself right like I ne don't necessarily want to compete as a career. Maybe I'll eventually mm -hmm. I'll compete, but it's not something that I'm focusing on. I just want to mm -hmm. do it as a martial artist. Yeah. And I find, at least in his experience, that that influenced him to have that kind of like, we don't have to go 100% all the time. And, you know, it's not about ego or, or whatever it is, right? Like, it's about improving each other. And, yeah, I'm just glad I, um, you know, found somebody that I connected on this with um and mm -hmm. it's funny you'll just I find so many people are just adapting or, or taking martial arts like just in general now especially BJJ like I know at least four or five guys who've just started like maybe last few months like just I hear it so anecdotally um so often in my anecdotal experience that like Oh, you know, I'm started. Oh, yeah, I, I watched UFC. I like UFC. You know, I started yeah. BJJ. And I feel like BJJ is one of those martial arts where if I had to choose a martial art to introduce somebody who's never done anything before, I feel like BJJ w would be a safe, it's probably the safest on average that provides you also the most benefit um, in the beginning. Um, because because in its nature it, the whole culture of bjj is very it's it's not like at least in my experience it's not very competitive it's all about you know the whole um, exchange between people it's like you're rolling and it's about getting in there getting your rounds and and slowly picking at it and the whole like culture around it i find is very nice like even like I'm not saying Muay Thai culture necessarily is bad. I'm saying real Muay Thai culture is great. <laughs> it's always the, oh yeah yeah, yeah the tra like, traditional. Well, it's um, it's it really depends on how the schools translate that message, right? Mm -hmm. Because there are the high level competition BJJ schools that just prioritize the the competitors, the fighters. Yeah, yeah. You would say, um, and. It really depends. What does the school want? Does the school want more championships, or does the school want like a stronger community in general? Yeah. Right. It's not a, and it's also a matter of who's more vocal about it. 
right? It just turns out that a lot of podcasters, a lot of sports fans, that's one of the things that they do talk about. Yeah. Um, because it's it's in that culture, right? The, the Gracie family have established this in their school, in their programs. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people that come from the Gracie lineage, that's what they also end up sharing. So the, the heritage, um, the values, it, it continues and it proliferates because almost everyone that experiences a Gracie lineage experiences that culture. But um, if you look at, no offense, MMA, boxing gyms, mm-hmm. uh, very specific towards um, competition and only um, prioritizing that. Like as a, I'm just saying like uh, as a worldwide view. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, not to say that there aren't gyms that take care of non-fighters, right? Phantom Boxing takes care of people who just want to be healthy and mm-hmm. want to feel secure in their own body through boxing. Yeah, those students are well taken care of. There's no hierarchy on who deserves more or less attention or more or less um, proper training. Mm-hmm. And it's a matter of just having more people speak out about these things. Yeah. A lot of the, um, I'd say the, the growth of BJJ has to do with the people that are talking about it. You have the UFC heads and um, yeah. Joe Rogan's, right? And, and the... Um, Lex Friedman, all these guys. Yeah. Lex Friedman, yes. Every, anyone who's anyone, I guess, in the podcasting world has discussed these things. And because of the way that they discuss it, that's why it attracts people, mm-hmm. right? If you're just on like the Logan Paul podcast, that one is more on boxing and how to use it for fame. Yeah, well, yeah. So that's a whole other thing. <laughs> he, he attracts a whole other um, group of people, mm-hmm. right? So um, martial arts definitely has a place in everyone's life. It's just a matter of how how is it being presented to them and how it's going to be used to better themselves and hopefully the people around them too. So the, what I've noticed with the BJJ podcast is they use that to talk about their values, mm-hmm. talk about um, values of rolling with, with each other or being able to analyze the, their, their problems. That's why I pick up when I also listen, listen to uh, Lex and sometimes Joe, but Joe does get into a lot of the technicalities, yeah, which yeah, is, yeah. you know, it has its place. Um, but I would say one of my favorite podcasts ever, um, uh, episodes ever is Teddy Atlas with uh, Joe Rogan and Teddy Atlas. I don't know. If um, I, I, for I've the non, uh, non-fight heads out there, <laughs> that's yeah. um, one of Mike Tyson's former trainers. And he is a prominent um, coach and commentator in the boxing world. And even if um, that isn't necessarily my art, but just to hear him talk about um, how he used boxing to help underprivileged kids in his community and the attitude that his father shared with him as he was growing up to, you know, keep working hard and not let even very sad obstacles get in the way of fulfilling your duty. Um, it really spoke to me as a, as a martial artist and instructor, even if it wasn't 
the same martial art at all. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully, we get more Muay Thai heads yes. <laughs> talking about the art of Muay Thai. I will and be, how it be one of those them. people. I've... And how <laughs> it changes themselves and their community. Hopefully, we get more of that. Um, yeah. I guess this is a start because exactly. we have you <laughs> talking Listen, about it. I talk it about Muay Thai literally every people. podcast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> whether they whether they like it or not, it's coming up. Wow, you're really pushing it. Literally. You're really yeah. going for it. It, it happens no matter what. Like that's literally how we view yeah. everything in life is through the lens of Muay Thai. Even as like a musician and everything. Like sure mm-hmm. I have that that part of me, like a view connections like that and but my, I think my fundamental view of life is through the way of a martial artist. Um, and that's literally the whole point I started the podcast, right? It was the idea mm. of way. It's the reason why it's called the way is to improve on your own way in life. You have to be able to learn from other paths and other mm-hmm. um, journeys that people take. Or like, for example, you were talking about BJJ and uh, how you understand like Teddy Atlas he's a boxing um, he's a famous boxing coach but you took so much from him even though his way is not the way of Muay Thai but it's mm-hmm. the way of boxing you can still learn from that like Miyamoto Musashi always said that the samurai to, to be um fully achieve their goal and their skill they have to be able to adapt the way of calligraphy the way of carpentry the way of archery Mm -hmm. the way of horse riding to their life right like you have to be skilled in all things Mm -hmm. to fully achieve your way and i try to adapt that with this like some little pieces right i mentioned martial arts people maybe they get something from it that's all mm-hmm. I care about, right? I talk about music. Maybe they get a little something from it. Like I've had episodes where I just go into music production and like really technical. It's like, oh man, how do you adjust the BPM? Man, oh, quantizing this and all that. But it's like... Mm-hmm. That just went out from here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a music head. <laughs> but I don't know production. Yeah, it's like, but, but that episode has slowly progressed into how music is culture and culture is music and how it is a pathway to connect between people and understand people in a different way. And things like music, food, martial art are fundamental to humans in general, mm-hmm. right? Every culture mm-hmm. has food. Every culture has some sort of combat um, art and some sort of music. And these are like the building blocks of human yeah. connection, I find. And yeah. I try to use those elements as a way to connect to other people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you can never. Um, I think it's hard to be racist if you have <laughs> tasted the cuisine of all cultures. Mm. Or rather. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. It's it's easy to be less. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fair know, enough. Less, um, uh, I'd say, hostile towards people if mm-hmm. you realize there's something that connects with you right like everyone wants to enjoy what they're eating everyone wants to um, be able to protect themselves everyone wants to be able to enjoy time with their family and if that means um, sharing a different recipe once in a while or learning another culture's art or dancing to new music 
right? There's always that, um, there's always that part of us that wants to connect, mm -hmm. but we also have to know when, um, when those connections are used to kind of like divide us, mm -hmm. right? There's there's people who want to talk smack about, hey, this martial arts is better than that, yeah, and yeah. really, it's it's a matter of who gets to land the most impactful hit first. Mm -hmm. That's the yeah. person that wins that, and you know what? If that means you can't you're able to protect your family if it, if you did it through boxing or you did it through bjj does it really or even matter? taekwondo <laughs> or taekwondo yeah, no yeah. dis no dis <laughs> it's um it's not a big deal to to branch outside or even take lessons from you know another another art and i find that that's one of the things that is very difficult for a lot of schools is being able to make the necessary changes to how they present their um, art to, to as many people as possible and to as many different types of people as possible. And it's one of the things that I'm learning now as a, as a female uh, martial arts instructor is that there are certain um, vibes that I can't really use when I'm in, uh, when I'm teaching the female class, mm -hmm. like, um, I can't, I, I don't, I choose not to, I choose not to play the trap hip hop yeah, yeah. playlists in my class because it works in the co-ed class. You know, it's a different dynamic. Almost everyone there is a hip hop head, loves, mm -hmm. um, you know, mainstream hip hop and a lot of controversial lyrics in there. <laughs> yeah, I can't really use that. I, yeah. I don't feel like that's not, that's not something I, I should have in a female only class. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Can't really talk about. <laughs> can't really work out to music where certain things about women are being said. Yeah, yeah, understand. But definitely understand. Depends, and depends on on who you're, who you are um, delivering the message to, right? Dep depends on who your audience is, and even um, even my voice. Like I have to change my voice. I purposefully change mm -hmm. um, the way I command a co-ed class um compared to how i command or rather how i speak to a female class there's certain things i don't um talk about or i at least change the way i talk about things right like if we're talking about conflict sometimes i bring up conflict that's verbal with ladies like hey you want to set a boundary with someone mm -hmm. um you know, you have to be able to stand your ground. And they use that as an example of when, if people make inappropriate comments about you, you have the right to say no. You have the right to counter right away and call them out on it. Mm -hmm. Whereas in a co-ed class, it's kind of different. Um, that's not really, you know, someone making inappropriate comments about a guy. For them, it's like, oh, I got to, I'll talk smack back, mm -hmm. right? It's yeah, not yeah. as personal. So it's different. Um, um and it's fun. It's fun having to change, I, at least, uh, start, not change, I'd say adapt mm -hmm. to who the audience is, because I still, I still train and, and uh, teach the college classes at times. And I have to be a different crew, in a way, <laughs> I have to be a different yeah. crew in a way, for the, the class. Yeah. Every environment's different. Like, even yeah. me, my I I taught piano for a bit, like over a year, and um, 
like I had students, even just in that context, I applied that kind of mentality of adapting to different students. Like I had students from mm -hmm. the age of five to 13, right? Like huge yeah. age range, completely yeah. different temperaments. Like the younger kids, I, I, I try not to focus on technicality. Like we do like mm -hmm. three minutes sections of everything like mm -hmm. then we get a little break like we talk mm -hmm. about something else like oh how was your day yeah. oh what'd you do at school i played with this friend or whatever and then like yeah. okay now let's go back and play you know my goals are different for them mm -hmm. and then with a the 13 year old it's like okay i'm gonna be a little bit more like okay let's focus on this Structure. technique yeah. and yeah because they understand they understand like especially yeah. they're a more advanced student they understand that to improve i need to have this sort of structure Mm -hmm. And I think that's just the sign of a good teacher is the ability to adapt because nobody's the same. You have mm -hmm. to, and especially like when, like in my field, I want to go, I want to go into marketing adaptability and understanding your customer is yeah. the most important thing. Cause if you don't like the, the, the first step of any marketing, anything is understanding your consumer doing mm -hmm. marketing, doing market research, doing focus groups, all these different things that mm -hmm. give you an idea of who these people you're trying to target are. And not just understanding them as numbers on a screen, but understanding them mm -hmm. as people. Yeah. Right. Because you can only look so grand scale. Sometimes you go so far out that everyone blends into the same category. But then you zoom in and you realize, mm -hmm. wow, look at this diversity yeah. of people right on the small yeah. scale yeah. and you can't have this kind of every like one size fits all kind of solution mm -hmm. for everything Approach, yeah and that that works for and that this idea of adapting works in so many different scenarios right and then i tried to mm -hmm. like i was when you were talking i was thinking about this concept that i read in the book of five rings um i like it's about seeing your way in everything Mm -hmm. and yeah and that seeing your way and everything allows you to understand things in a different um way <laughs> mm -hmm. um and it's like when i started bjj like i understood it like and i just view it honestly like when i first started i was like it's like muay thai clinch on the ground you know <laughs> like that's mm -hmm. literally how i had to think about it yeah right without the striking yeah, no striking and you have double the amount of limbs and you can like yeah. knock people out, break their arms. But it was also like, um, it allowed me to view it in a different way. Like I would never have been able to do that with out having that experience before, like going rolling mm -hmm. with people, like especially at this school, a lot of BJJ schools, they don't start standing, um, which is like a whole mm -hmm. other thing, right? But this school, it's... Um, like they just have BJJ and Muay Thai and MMA, so like they mm. they have takedowns, everything. Like everything, everyone yeah. is very well versed in different areas of fighting, so we always start standing, and it gives me like that mental advantage. Like being already been through sparring, like this isn't new to me, you know. Mm -hmm. Like okay, some guy is huge on top of me. I'm in half guard or whatever. Like I'm used to this a similar scenario of being pressured by somebody much bigger than me. Right. That's mm -hmm. literally my entire life. <laughs> so that my way of Muay Thai allowed me to see the way in BJJ and allowed me to understand it in a different way. Mm -hmm. And 
I feel like once you understand your art in that way, you can see it in everything and then you understand things in a much greater detail than you could have ever done before. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, um, diversity of thought, <laughs> <laughs> I would say, because if it's, it's like being able to translate, right? Mm -hmm. Like for a lot of people who, who learn a Latin language, if you know French, it's easy to understand. Yeah. Yeah. Italian, it's easy to understand Spanish because it all comes down to that, um, that root language, Latin. And a lot of life, um, life is conflict, life is suffering, right? Buddha, yes. one of uh, the four truths in, Buddha, in Buddhism is life is suffering. And some of that suffering is extreme, right? Some of that suffering is mundane, mm -hmm. not really that big of a deal, but it's still suffering, like first world problems. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh my God, the minor suffering. Yeah. How do you deal with that? you have to accept it you have to know you have to understand how did that suffering happen and what are your options how do you deal with that suffering mm -hmm. and what are the levels in how you deal with it do you take it up a level 10 or can you just deal with it at a level five right yeah. like how do you scale your responses to to problems and I think one of the things that you discussed with martial arts is that it's very honest. It requires people to be honest with themselves. And I think fighting or, you know, like getting hit or getting submitted is one of the most honest situations in life because it, you have, you need to have an answer. If you don't have an answer, there's real consequences. Mm -hmm. You could pass out <laughs> yeah. or you could get a concussion right? Do you have an answer for this? Do you even know what's happening? Yeah. So um, the honesty behind martial arts also forces people to see each other for who they are, right? Mm -hmm. Like you at first when everything is easy, everyone feels like a rock star. Um, but once things get hard, does the rock star cower? Yeah. Like the guy who comes in puffed up, chest out, walking tall. When it gets down to burpee number 51, <laughs> do they quit? Yeah. Do they, are they silent? Do they stop encouraging their partner? And, but then if you look at student number two, not athletic at all, trying really hard, maybe slightly overweight, but decides to say, hey guys, come on, let's keep going. Yeah. Couple more, couple more. And it reveals the type of person that you are. Yeah. Right. The hardship of um, of training it forces you to see. Oh, even if this guy looks a certain way, his attitude right now is a little different than the way he presents himself physically exactly. or aesthetically. Um. And I think that's one of my favorite things with martial arts because it has also allowed me to read people <laughs> a little oh, bit yeah. better. Because like, who do I keep in my life? Or this type of person, how are they revealing themselves in training? Do I want to continue teaching this person? Or mm -hmm. would I consider this person to be a future friend? One of um, the closest friends I've had um, was a classmate from Muay Thai and, BJ and BJJ. Mm -hmm. um, we're still good friends, even if we don't get to see each other often because she moved away. But um, uh, when things are bad, like we, hey, it's yeah, it's not up, a problem yeah. if you phone each other after months of not being able to talk to each other we're still there because we've shared that bond of knowing 
who the other person is in conflict. Like, oh, she will stand up even if she's tired. Or, oh, she'll still hold pads for a partner even if um, she had a tough day. Yeah. And vice versa. Who's this person um, during hardships? Hey, yeah. Yeah, I find that, like, you're talking about how you can just, you can really understand people. Um, because I find, like, it's so interesting. There's so, there's so there's like this dichotomy in martial art where you'll see this big burly guy look super intimidating, but then you realize he's just a sweetheart, you know, like yeah. there's yeah. so many martial arts, like these guys, these Gentle guys and girls, yeah, these guys and girls are killers, man. Like you yeah. mess with them, you treat them the wrong way, like yeah. they know what to do, but then they're such nice people. Like mm -hmm. some of the nicest people I've ever met have like been martial artists, like Think about um, like Papa. If you see him on the street, he's like, "Oh man, this like jacked old guy. Like he seems intimidating." You know? It's I'm sorry, cop. officer. I didn't mean to. Yeah. <laughs> but then you talk to him. He's like cracking jokes like all the time. Same thing like Polly, like that guy, man. Oh man. Yeah, he's like, "Oh man, bald head. Oh no, like this guy's scary." But then he's like, "Oh man, you like Marvel?" Enough. Yeah, he's super nice. Yeah, like even crew, right? He's a big guy. Yeah. Like if you just see some random guy like that <laughs> in the street, you'd be like, "Oh, maybe I'm intimidating." But then he's such yeah. such a down to earth, nice person, because martial arts like forces you to become that. <laughs> like yeah. it's and if yeah. you won't become that, you're you're out, right? Like if you yeah. can't, no gym is gonna. Well, any good gym is good gonna gym. tolerate yeah. Yeah. Um, that kind of behavior of just like having that ego, right? Like there's. <laughs> Those people do not last long in martial arts at a good place. And like you're going to, I, I feel like martial art is also a good way to deal with those kind of people as well in a controlled environment. Because you'll always have that person you spar with who has that ego of like, this is a fight and we have to go 100%. Mm -hmm. And that tests your, your resolve, right? Because mm -hmm. there's a certain point, it's almost like the heightened version of it. Like somebody is making comments towards you, for example. Mm -hmm. And it's like, at first you're like, okay, I'll deal with it. And then you say, okay, you address it. You say, you know, I don't like how you're talking to me. Like same thing, mm -hmm. in, you're sparring with this person, like, hey man, let's calm down. Like we're just sparring. Yeah. I don't want to go hard today. Like I'm not competing. You weigh 50 pounds more than me or whatever, mm -hmm. right? And if they still continue after that with that, then you have to learn, escalate the level of response, right? Mm -hmm. Then it's like okay, if we're gonna go hard, I gotta. I'm not just gonna get beat up here, right? I'm gonna show you that we. I, I'm not some pushover, you know. Gotta teach a lesson. Uh, <laughs> uh, like literally, no. I mean, that was probably. Yeah, I that, get what you're saying. I not even, saying. not even just teach a lesson. Like, uh, just you can't just let it. I don't like to let it happen. Yeah. Right. Like it's like having somebody bully you and just you can only ignore it for so long. Yeah. yeah. Stand um, your ground. Like there's the like economic concept of diminishing marginal returns. And as time goes on, each individual increase in a good yields lower benefit, mm -hmm. right? So it's like, I can, there's only, there's a point where the return starts to decrease, the, the marginal mm -hmm. returns. So every time I pretend like the hit didn't, wasn't too hard or don't mm -hmm. mention it, every time I ignore that, there's a certain point where it becomes actually detrimental for that yeah because like continuous happening like you just keep yeah. getting hurt right mm -hmm. and then at some point it's like 
I want this other person to understand that this is not what mm -hmm. this is about, you know. Yeah. And honestly, I've had to, I've had, so as a smaller person, I'm sure you felt this. Sometimes you have to prove yourself to people. Yeah. And you have yeah, this chip yeah. on your shoulder. Like I had that for probably the first year and a half of sparring. Like, Only? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, no, I still have it now. Right yeah, now. yeah, yeah, I still um, have it too. <laughs> but like, no, but it was so intense because like every time, I would spar because I'm like a kid, right? There were mm -hmm. there were no kids that would come to sparring. Maybe Buffett yeah. used to come every once in a while, but he didn't. He yeah. wasn't coming consistently until the next year. Mm -hmm. And there's a point that I even wrote about, like in high school. Like I had this sparring match. I remember who it was with Papa, of course, the humbler of all humblers, right? Um, and I'm sparring with him, and you know he doesn't go hard ever, right? Mm -hmm. But then I was just at that intensity because I was sparring other people who were at that intensity. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I have to prove myself. I, I'm way less. I have to hit harder to equate, equate the level of impact, right? And then I go with, I go with Papa, and he's being nice, right? He's clinching me, and he's yeah. just tossing me, right? Throwing me yeah. around. And then I just remember, like, I was like, oh, I'm going to bait him. I did this. This is a very risky bait. I, I was like, I'm going to leave my leg out and let him inside low kick me one time, mm -hmm. and then I'm going to let him do it again and then counter it. But the first inside look just took me out because <laughs> mm. I was already Because you like, went too light. Yeah, like I was like, it. yeah. And then I was like, boom. I was like, oh, wow. He he went for it. Right. And he's he, it was funny. He's like, man, you just left it out there. Like I'm, I was trying yeah. to be nice. And then after yeah. I was like, you know, he's like, he's like, you don't have to go so hard, man. Like, just relax. Mm -hmm. Like, we're just it's not about me versus you. It's about us together. And then I was like, yeah, man, you're right. And then I went to the washroom. Like, I was like, let me just take a break to chill out. And then I go mm -hmm. to the washroom and then my eyes are literally beat yeah. red. Like my adrenaline yeah. was pumping so high, which was every, almost every sparring mm -hmm. session. Like that turned out, well, not every sparring session, but at some point it would happen because mm -hmm. I had that chip on my shoulder. And then as I'm looking in the mirror, tears just start literally like mm. an, you know, in an anime when the character just starts crying and they yeah. don't even realize <laughs> it. Yeah, it gets so glassy. Yeah, literally yeah. that's what happened. I, Cause yeah. I didn't, I wasn't feeling sad or anything. I was mm -hmm. like, just the adrenaline dump. I'm yeah. sure you felt that as a competitor. Oh, it's like, yeah. you, it's like, what the, what the, what the yeah. fuck just happened? <laughs> it's, <laughs> happening. Yeah. it's happening. Yeah. And yeah. then I remember I was like, what is going on? And crew sat me down and he's like, and I was like, I don't know. He understands, mm -hmm. right? He's he's competed himself. He's had competitors like under his wing, and he sat me through. And then after that point, I had my mentality completely changed on sparring, and I gamified it in a sense. Instead of mm -hmm. it wasn't survival. Made it personal. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. before it was survival. Yeah. I was like, man, these guys are literally 180 pounds. I'm 125 mm -hmm. pounds back yeah. then, right? I'm not that much more now, but still, mm -hmm. it was a big difference. And their 20% feels like 70% to me. Mm -hmm. So um, it was like, it was just, I don't even, can't even describe the shift I had in my martial arts journey. Thank God it was actually early on. It was like a year, year yeah. and a half in. And, and it then, was with someone who wasn't trying to damage you. Exactly. It wasn't some, you know, some guy who had like, self-control. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, it literally. If he if he was another guy like a say a fresh blue short mm -hmm. who wanted to prove himself, yeah, then that so we we would have knocked each other out probably by the yeah. end of that round. That would have been a different lesson for you, and that might have yeah, and it that might have ended bad because some people have had injured themselves, mm -hmm. and that translation that you had gamifying your 
obstacle instead of um, seeing it as a personal slight or seeing it as a um, threat to your life. Mm-hmm. That's something that not that's something that has to be uh, addressed too because not everyone feels that way. I I don't think you come from a background where trauma has been inflicted on you. So you never took it as, oh my God, Papa's out to get me. But for a no, lot of people, no. yeah. yeah, for a lot of people, specifically ladies, any type of conflict in your face, even holding pads. It triggers something for them. Triggers something. And I've, I've seen that in, in the students, in the female adult classes that I've had where they're holding back their punches because they don't want to be that person who hurts someone. Yeah. Um, they've at least vocalized that part, but I know where that can come from. And I've also had students who, if we're doing a hand-to-hand drill where you're allowing someone to at least land, yeah. not necessarily hurt, land a kick or land a punch or land an elbow or a knee, and it becomes, um, it becomes too shocking where I have mm-hmm. to talk about it in a way where the present is what you have right now. Um, so the present is you have a partner. This partner is your weight class. This partner is a female. This partner is your um, is here to help you also get better and trying to adjust the lens, at least with a sentence or two. Mm-hmm. Um, can do so much because if you again if you don't understand who's coming in and you mm-hmm. just look at it from hey just hit her just land it but you don't explain yeah, yeah. the purpose of it or you don't explain you don't remind them of the situation the present situation and not whatever it is that the past has reminded them of it can completely change who's mm-hmm. going to stay and who's going to go and sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't even for the trial in itself, right? If you have, I don't know if you notice this, but anytime there's a new student in the class, for some reason, if class feels a little tougher than usual, <laughs> I don't know if you ever picked <laughs> yeah. up on that. But um, because you want everyone to know what the stake, or rather the challenge, like, hey, this is this is a challenge for you. And if you don't meet it, it's not that you're not worthy of this place. It's more of, hey, this is something that you can look forward to, you know, achieving with more athleticism, not necessarily less uh, pain or, mm-hmm. um, you know, I don't think anyone is not tired or sore after a workout, whether or not they're blue shorts, they've been here for years, or it's the first time everyone experiences a challenge, but just at different depths. And addressing that to females is a whole nother story. Um, I think one of the things that I've realized is, um, because I I do a lot of reading as well, not just uh, teaching and training. I I read about uh, women's issues and um, women's biology (laughs) as Mm -hmm. well. And, um, And women's psychology, female psychology. And one of the themes that I keep um, seeing is that uh, women are more in tune with their emotions. So things that um, they're more in tune with their emotions and how they feel they are perceived by others. 
So feeling left out or feeling, yeah, feeling that, that feeling of not belonging or feeling left out is not just something that people feel if they can physically see a difference, but also when they, they can tell when the skill level or experience is different. Mm-hmm. That's one of the ways people feel left out. And for women, it's more extreme. Yeah. So if they realize, oh my gosh, I'm not, I'm nowhere near as good as these other ladies. I don't belong here or, you know, I suck. Therefore I shouldn't be here. Or, um, this is not a place for me to grow because I'm not worthy. Right. So all that internal dialogue kicks up a notch even more, even if the space is with women. So I feel like that's one of the challenges that women have is when they realize they're, they're they're being thrown into a challenge and they don't meet it the way that they want or that they expected themselves to meet it, it can really set them back. And um, I want to be able to relay that message that your worth is not based on your performance. Yeah. It's, it's really not about... Um, you being able to do 10 push-ups without being on your knees like if this is not a tryout <laughs> yeah this yeah. is a trial for you to overcome that mental talk you know some some people that improvement alone of just not judging themselves even if they're not at their physical peak that's that's a win and we're so used to translating wins from results or rather the What's the word for it? Rather, the, um, the, the results that you can see or mark mm-hmm. or calculate, right? Like you can calculate uh, muscle fat ratio. You can yeah. calculate that. You can calculate um, how your clothes fit. I'm a medium now instead of a large. Or you can calculate... Um, how long it takes for you to to run, mm-hmm. right? But you can't really calculate the feeling of being proud of yourself. Yeah, there's no. Or just being that. happy that you're with people, or, um, you know, being proud of getting close to a goal, even if you didn't necessarily need it. Yeah. So, people get lost in the um, emotions instead yeah. of. Um, or emotions, people get lost in the emotions and judgments instead of finding the, um, the small accomplishments. I think that's one of the struggles in, uh, in teaching females, specifically females, is um, getting them to see past the judgments of, oh, I'm too fat, I'm too slow, I'm too yeah. weak to do this. And no, that's just a phase of where it is there's a physical aspect of it but it doesn't change your worth mm-hmm. and it's the self-worth talk that i think needs a lot of improvement because a lot of it is based on the aesthetics or the technical yeah. results yeah that's definitely it's definitely something that a lot of people experience um especially women um just from my you know just talking to uh women that i know you know like friends and family and the same thing i mean it's like the whole thing with new year's goals right why do some people oh, yeah set 
like the whole thing about New Year's goals is like you set all these astronomically high expectations for yourself. Then when you don't meet them every year, you get sad about it and mm-hmm. then you just end up doing nothing about it. And then you have this whole process, yeah. right? The cycle. And then understanding the most important thing to actually accomplishing a goal is understanding the process of reaching that, right? Like maybe you have these goals. Like for me, like I always have very ambitious goals every year. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what I've been doing like in the last few years is just cutting it down, right? Mm. Like you have time to grow. You don't have to, not everything's going to happen in this year, this month, today. You know, it's about making those small chips at it, right? So like, okay, like you mentioned, like today I did 50 burpees instead of 40 burpees or mm-hmm. today I ran faster by five minutes or, you know, all these small incremental changes are what people fall in love with, I think, with martial art, exercise, lifting. It's just a small incre- um, incremental improvements. And that's what keeps people in it for so long. Like, I've been doing Muay Thai since I was 11. Mm-hmm. I stopped training at Brampton Muay Thai when I was, like, end of high school. So, like, 17, mm-hmm. 18. And then in university, I just I trained on my own. Like, I found mm-hmm. ways... It's like that, I, I believe it's a Donny Cougar effect, right? It's like, this. once you hit that point where you know a little, you know that you don't know anything, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. right? And there's a huge dip in knowledge yeah. as you build up to um, the peak. And for me, that was like, I was at that point maybe a couple of years in, and then I was like, then that allows you to just go deep into things. Like mm-hmm. when I was training on my own, like I, we had a bag, my favorite thing to do was just hit the bag, literally no music, no timer, like mm-hmm. just because it's it's also in the backyard. It's quiet around nature. It's like just me in the bag. And I literally would just do one technique. It's like left kick, left kick, mm-hmm. left kick the entire time. And for some people, it's like a lot of people find bag work really boring. But mm-hmm. for me, it's probably it's one of my favorite aspects of training Muay Thai it's just like grinding it's like that whole yeah. thing of if you're gonna cut down if I have four hours to cut down a tree I'm gonna spend three hours sharpening the axe you know mm-hmm. and that was my thing of sharpening the axe like just working on that technique and especially when you become more advanced in anything you do it's all about the little details that make the biggest difference mm-hmm. right yeah. like like now for example I fight, I try to fight Southpaw, like, most of the time. Um, I box Southpaw, like, I try to incorporate that way more. Last two years, I've been really working mm-hmm. on that. Because, like, also, I have a muscle imbalance from doing Muay Thai left side forward for so long. Oh. <laughs> so, so I'm like, man, this is, like, I need to, like, strengthen this leg. So, yeah. Um, like, my left leg is just hilariously smaller than my right leg, but... Um, oh no <laughs> i mean i mean most people probably wouldn't notice but yeah. i see it every day right and like you know oh, what okay, okay. and i feel the effects like oh my hip is really tight like i don't mm-hmm. this is limiting me so i want yeah. to improve that and it's like starting anew i'm mm-hmm. starting from obviously we train both sides in muay thai but obviously you're going to have a dominant side and for me i always adore the left left kick right that was my mm-hmm. favorite thing to throw on defense 
And now mm -hmm. when I can utilize my ability to throw the left kick on offense in southpaw, right? It opens up so many different opportunities, so much more space yeah. in open stance. And allows me to be so much more creative in my approach because I don't have to, I never have to worry about, oh no. Like when I fight a, well, spar with a southpaw now, it's like, it's, it's not intimidating at all. Mm -hmm. um, I understand that perspective. I can go southpaw with southpaw. Yeah. And it's allowed because me. Because you've been to there. Continue. Yeah. It's allowed me you've to continue my yourself. study. Yeah. 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 And. Yeah, I wanted to ask, uh, we've been talking for quite a bit. I don't want to take you too much longer, but I will, I want to ask you about some just like, I don't know, like who are some of your, I don't know if you've been following Muay Thai recently, but like who are some of your favorite fighters right now? Like, um, or not just oh, right now, <laughs> let's say, um, let's say maybe just in general, like in general, in terms of Muay Thai or even like MMA, like whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, aspect like who are some of your favorites at the moment um i'll give two i'll give two one is uh rod tang <laughs> ah, yes rod tang um not for the bravado mm -hmm. um because I, I don't know if you remember when we would spar i, I that's not how i behave it's not <laughs> oh yeah. you get me like hey boop, keep boop, hitting boop, me boop. like i don't i don't so, get into that spirit but yeah. i think it's because I see a lot of myself in him. He mm -hmm. is usually the shorter one um, in his fights. He's usually the shorter guy, but he doesn't allow his height and build to restrict him. Mm -hmm. He finds a way to still um, fight through the challenge of facing a conditioned fighter, facing a longer fighter, facing a very good tactician, right? Like him and Jonathan Haggerty. Yeah, great Those are fight. beautiful fights. Those are beautiful fights. And Haggerty was the taller and also very, very sharp, a yeah. very sharp opponent. And Rod Tang and both of them, both of them found, found a way to fight till the very end. Yeah. And I think it's that spirit that Rod Tang has that that's what I um, gravitate towards. That's one of the things. Mm -hmm. um, not the machismo, <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Not the Just machismo. Keep punching me. I'll take everything. Mm -hmm. No. <laughs> Want to keep um, your brain cells, you know? <laughs> I don't like that. Uh, I, can't, I can't do that. And in terms of, I'd say, beautiful technique, Superbon. Oh, yeah. Superbon has beautiful technique and he's also strong. And that's, uh, it's weird that I'm not mentioning female fighters. <laughs> because there are female fighters too that I, I also um, so like, but they're not necessarily traditional Muay Thai. Mm -hmm. I know Janet Todd's a great fighter, but I see her more as like a kickboxer than yeah, yeah. a traditional well. Muay Thai fighter. Um, and Stamp now is in MMA, so that's a whole nother yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's a whole nother thing. She's killing uh, it though. Oh, she yeah yeah, and I, I respect her for trying to be the queen of something else because she already knows who she is in Muay Thai. Mm -hmm. But MMA is a whole nother beast. So I, I respect her, um, I respect her ambition to be something else, to be mm -hmm. something more outside of her comfort zone because it's one thing to be a rock star in Muay Thai for 15 years. Yeah. And then a you whole nother story. Comfortable. To, yeah, <laughs> comfortable. That's your expertise, but to be on the ground Oh no! You yeah, will be facing people different. who are 
aware of being on the ground, who are experienced on the ground for their first 15 years of their life and not you. Mm-hmm. So I respect her. Um, I, I respect her ambition. Yeah. So I would yeah, say for from, sure. from uh, one FC. Um, but I, I would, I used to geek out a lot on Muay Thai scholar clips. You know those highlights oh of just God, different so fighters good. from the golden era and guys. And if you like Muay Thai, you have to check out yeah. Muay Thai. So the best, first of all, this this person <laughs> like they post all these sick nerd. compilations. <laughs> Muay Thai and like, nerd. And it's literally like to like the like these sick hip hop beats as well, like old yeah. school hip hop beats. Great and, samples, great lo-fi samples. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah they're they're amazing. Anyway, yeah, you're saying. No, those are my my three so far, like off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. Rather two on fighting spirit, and then one on <laughs> ambition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so those would be my uh, those would be my favorites to to watch right now. Have you heard of uh, Loma Lokwunmi? Uh oh, I'm gonna have to spell that out. <laughs> You're gonna have to give me the yeah. spelling or the video highlight later. Yeah, but Loma, she's the first Thai UFC fighter. Oh, I, if... I didn't even know. Yeah, she's um, she was big. She was big in like the stadium circuit, like female stadium circuit in in Thailand. Like she fought like Sylvie, mm. um, like everyone. You know, like in Thailand, everyone mm. fights everyone like ten times anyway. But yeah, um, what weight class is she on? That's uh. She's straw weight, but she used to okay. fight Adam weight. Yeah. Um, she's awesome. moved up in weight for uh, UFC, but yeah, like it's just so like satisfying as a Muay Thai practitioner to watch MMA and see like just beautiful Muay Thai, Muay Thai. in yeah. in the octagon. Yeah. And sure, like her record, obviously, like she just just did two. Like she's been doing uh, MMA for two years, like literally. Mm. And she's seven and three. Um, nice. I mean, she's got like whatever, two hundred plus Muay Thai fights. Muay Thai fights, yeah. Um, but like, her adaptability is really commendable. Like, and mm-hmm. I see her just just kill it. Because when I used to watch MMA, it's like sometimes the clinch like that they're doing, it's so it, it triggers cr- you. It, I'm, I'm cringing, right? Like, because it's not even wrestling. Yeah. Like, they're not even wrestling. It's like they're yeah. they stay upper body clinch, but they don't utilize it. Like, they just squish mm. against the fence you know put their shoulder in and they're just um like they're they're just holding the person there i'm like my god if somebody knew how to clinch properly and adapted it there'd be a proper elbow in there yeah like and then you see in there i know and then they can transition to like takedown and then Mm -hmm. all these different things submission and she's doing that it's amazing like there's just there's this uh, highlight of her it's like was the best muay thai in the ufc or something she fought like Mm -hmm. she's not fighting high level people yet yeah. Um, she the highest level person was Angela Hill who won. She lost against her, but Angela Hill okay. was like, she's much more experienced in MMA, and in she MMA, also was yeah. in Muay Thai champion as well. Um, but yeah, it's amazing because I'm. It's like all these sweeps and dumps like, like we used to do in Muay Thai. Like, it's it's something that's so particular to Muay Thai is the footless turn, right? Like the 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 sweep without the foot, you know. Mm. it's um it's like a the most manipulating body weight yeah it's the most basic part of clinch um like yeah like the first day you learn the position then you you know step off to the side rotate and then throw the knee right the like the first thing you learn 
but it's something you don't i don't see applied and it's such a muay thai technique mm-hmm. same thing with like takedowns utilizing the knee instead of the foot mm-hmm. for a foot sweep like like an inside knee bump um sweep or like even like a front uchimara like you don't see that in other places maybe you'll see it in greco-roman wrestling or something but it looks completely different but when you see mm-hmm. it applied with that flair of muay thai in mma it's like just you know <laughs> yeah i feel like that you see how excited you get just to see your art mm-hmm. represented at the highest level in that way it's it's almost like when people from different countries when when there's like an event or like an o- olympics or world cup or even like miss universe what whatever have you the yeah. international competitions people feel nationalistic or prideful towards their country or whatever their sport and to have you clearly not thai yeah 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 be proud of seeing a heritage from a different country being represented in the best uh, best way at like the highest level is is like a testament to how martial arts really connects people mm-hmm. yeah we're, i'm not i'm filipino yet i um yet this is my career yeah. teaching another Thai martial art yeah another uh, another country's martial art uh no offense to filipino martial art i just i didn't grow up with it and yeah, that just yeah, wasn't yeah. the um, that just wasn't the way that I found myself with. Um, and it's it's awesome. It's awesome to to see that connection and feel that connection. It's like, hey, you're you're like a co- fellow countryman if you also do Muay Thai. <laughs> yeah, you know what yeah. I mean? Like you you, you feel that um, you, you feel like you want to connect more with that person because of what they're what they're also doing. Mm-hmm. because you you share that heritage with that person so um i'm excited that you are having these conversations with different people and trying to share um and learn from from different ways so kudos yeah. to you man for for doing that <laughs> it's <laughs> i'm trying i'm trying yeah it's fun it's fun this has been a it's been a fun convo I'm, yes, I'm honored to awesome. be even like <laughs> asked <laughs> to be on these things. Of course, it's my I would... first non-Trinity Collective appearance for a pod. So, well, yeah, I'm glad I'm that honored. you agreed to come on, and uh, you know, you're always on my list, right? Like, I wanted to t- and talk to everyone, like at at our um, Trinity Collective movement patterns. Is it movement patterns now? Yeah, movement patterns. Movement patterns. Yeah. So, you know, like I've talked to Coach Jose, Crew Nick um i've talked to uh, nico like just even mm-hmm. like so many people like, i'm just getting the whole crew at this point right yeah i, I gotta get nice. everyone eventually <laughs> yeah. yeah um but yeah you're always on my list right because i like i knew you from back then and we connected through martial art mm-hmm. and it's like yeah we'd had like we had just had a two-hour conversation about all these yeah. different things right it's, um so yeah thank you for coming on if you uh you got anything to plug just you know this is your time to go for it plug your... oh my gosh the <laughs> see you should have told me <laughs> i i keep forgetting about these things but uh yeah my name is crew cat velasquez and if you'd like to learn muay thai and you or you have someone in your life mom sister auntie little niece 
classmate friend who wants to learn Muay Thai with women among women, um, send them to queensmuaythai.com or at queensmuaythai on Instagram. That's me. Yeah, guys, check it out. Um, Crew Cat has always been an amazing instructor and training partner. Um, and yeah, her obviously her expertise speaks for itself. And if you, you know, you've seen her fight, you've seen her train students, like, you know, you know, she's about it. She's about that life, as they say. Um, <laughs> so yeah, thank you guys uh, for watching. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Give us a like on Instagram. Um, follow us there. Check out our website. Um, our Instagram is at the.waypodcast. Subscribe to our YouTube, add us on Spotify, whatever, you know, do all that kind of stuff. And uh, yeah, thank you guys for watching and we'll see you next time.